Well, good to have you here. We're in the book of Revelation. This is lesson 22 of hopefully 28 lessons. And we are in chapter 16. We're going to do what I never do is start not at the beginning of a chapter. We're going to start verse 8 of chapter 16 and we'll go through verse 5 of chapter 17. Let's jump right into the book of Revelation chapter 16, beginning in verse 8. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. It's a little lengthy, but if you can follow along, then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. Last week we talked about the first three bowl uh, or vial judgments and the first three angels that brought those. Uh, so this week we're starting with the fourth bowl. And it says, and power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Isn't that interesting? They did not repent. We see that multiple times throughout the book. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and did not repent of their deeds. There it is again. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates and its waters was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew, Armageddon. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as has not occurred since men were on the earth. Now the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Then every island fled away and the mountains were not found and great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail since that plague was exceedingly great. Chapter 17. Then one of the seven angels who had had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot, who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit. I mean, we'd like to be carried away in the spirit, amen? He carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Does that sound familiar? 
The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. So just a little recap, not to go back to the beginning of Revelation, but at least catch up. Last week we talked about the three vile or bold judgments, and uh, the first one was that everyone who had not, who had taken the mark of the beast and who had worshipped the image, they got what King James calls a noisome or grievous or grievous, I should say, sore upon uh, them. So this nasty sore or whatever, however it might uh, present itself. The second judgment was that the sea became as the blood of a dead man. We talked a little bit more, not probably should have about that last week. And it tells us that every living thing in the sea died. And then the final one before we come to today's reading was that not only did the sea become like the blood of a dead man, but the rivers and fountains, in other words, the fresh water, uh, also uh, becomes blood. These are the last of the judgments. So you have the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and then the seven vile or bold judgments. And so this is the last, that's the reason why uh, the Lord, which I believe God, is that, that loud voice saying, it is done. This is the wrapping up, if you will, although we have several chapters left, but of the judgments. And uh, we'll, we'll, we're seeing that. A little bit of a recap. There were some similar judgments to those first three, and we talked about that, those last week. During the trumpet judgments, only a third of the seas and a third of the rivers were affected. As we watch the judgments, they get worse and worse as you go. That is a kind of a theme that you, you see in the book of Revelation until finally you have Armageddon, the wrap-up, really, of, of all that God is going to do in the judgments. As we look at this chapter or split of these two chapters, the next thing we see is that there is a fourth angel who pours out a vial on the sun, and the angel, it tells us, was given power to scorch people. Now this is interesting because the sun and the moons, all the stars of, of heaven have already been affected where a third of the time that they used to shine, now they no longer do. And now the judgment is an intensification of the heat of the sun. It's going from colder to hotter. And the judgment is becoming more intense. You know, we could talk about this. How does this happen? You know, uh, it wouldn't take much, honestly, just to get rid of the the. Uh, protective ozone around the earth. Many scientists say that without that, I may remember when they told us don't use the hairspray, you know, all these aerosols, all this kind of stuff, because it's going to affect the ozone. Well, if they are correct, 
It wouldn't take much for the sun to scorch people. And so this angel has the power uh, to make that happen, to intensify the effects of the sun. Uh, and the people, rather than repenting, they begin to blaspheme God. They begin to curse God. They begin to, you know, uh, become more rebellious. How I many knows that the heart of man is exceedingly wicked? That's what the Bible tells us. And so, uh, rather than repent, they continue to do what they've always done and to blaspheme God. So the fifth angel comes, pours out a vial on the seat of the beast. Does that mean that he poured it out on where the beast is sitting? On a chair? No. The seat of the beast speaks of his throne, of uh, his kingdom, and his power. So uh, the beast, which is being used by the devil, uh, has this kingdom. We've talked about this kingdom, which includes you know, those ten nations, includes uh, all those who have taken the mark, you know, all those that are a part of the kingdom of the Antichrist, of the beast, if you will, um, all of those. Uh, and what, what happens to the throne or the kingdom of the beast? Plunged into darkness. If, if you do your homework and you go back and you look when Moses was declaring the plagues upon Egypt, there's similarities here, right? There was a time when all of Egypt was in darkness. It's interesting. We don't think about darkness being a plague or a punishment, but it is. How many, how many have noticed the difference just in the time change in the morning? Right? Now it's dark again in the morning. Well, imagine if the kingdom is plunged into darkness of the, of the Antichrist or the beast, I should say, then uh, how many have ever been down the bottom of, uh, what's the, the caves, Mammoth Cave? You ever been down there when they turn out all the lights? You can't see anything. And you can hurt yourself if you don't, if you can't see. You're bumping into things. Uh, anybody like besides me ever get up in the middle of the night and hit that bedpost or that corner of that door? But darkness does affect, and, and there was, there, so this is a punishment of darkness that comes upon the kingdom of the beast, and they are in such pain. Now, is the pain from the darkness? doesn't tell us that it's from that. Is the pain from maybe the source? The sore that they have could be. We don't know necessarily the source of the pain. I think it's probably the sore, but uh, there's such intense pain uh, that they are gnawing on their tongues. That doesn't help anything, right? So have you ever bit your tongue when you're eating food? And just oh, that hurts, right? And and it swells, it bleeds, it hurts. And you're trying to find ice, and you're trying, you know, all this. So they are in such intense pain. This is not exactly it, but how many like to watch those old westerns? When somebody gets shot, and they're going to dig the bullet out, what do they do? Here, put this stick in your mouth. You know, so. Uh, the pain is so intense that they are gnawing on their tongues. And so 
uh, we, we see that happening here. But they still do not repent of their sins and of their wicked deeds. So then the angel, the sixth angel, comes. And this is interesting because it is a preparation for Armageddon and for all of the armies to be able to come together. The river, the great river Euphrates. The very first mention of Euphrates is in Genesis. It is a key river. It is a key place. It's mentioned multiple, multiple times throughout the scripture. So this river, what happens to it? Dries up. Dries up. Gone. Maybe this angel just comes down and pours sand in. I don't know what happens, but it dries up, right? And it is a preparation for the kings of the east to be able to cross it in order to come to the battle of Armageddon, to that valley. I think that's right, uh, where, where Armageddon takes place. That phrase, the kings of the east, literally means the land of the rising sun. So it is those eastern nations. China is considered an eastern nation. Japan is considered an eastern nation. Everything centers around Israel. Just does, right? That's God's holy land. It's God's chosen land. It's God's chosen people in his holy land. And so uh, we see that and it, it is literally the kings of the east means the land of the rising sun. So at the same time that the river dries up, John sees something really strange. Somebody want to describe what he sees? Three what? Three evil spirits, NIV, right? That look like frogs. Good description. I believe that one comes out of each mouth. So what does it tell us that uh, they come from uh, the, the dragon, from the beast, and from the false prophet? I believe one from each. When you try to dig into the original language here, it's not nine, it's not three from each, but three total. So at least, not that that matters, but here again, the enemy always mimics or imitates God. So the number three, I mean, three is God's number. He is the Trinity. And we see Satan imitating or copying that kind of thing. So we see these three frog-like looking spirits. We don't know if they hop around, uh, what they do, but they, what, what, what is the purpose of these spirits? What does it say is the purpose of them? Call to war. Call to war, but they're also doing, would you say, Kay? Miraculous signs, probably to get people to pay attention, but then also it is the purpose is to call everybody to war. So when we think about Armageddon, it's important to understand that that is not just a physical battle or a physical thing that's happening. It's spiritual warfare as well. 
Can, can I just say that the spirit realm is as real as the physical realm that we live in? We just don't see everything that has happened. And so these three demonic forces, frog-like looking spirits go and they begin to do what? Convince, talk to people, draw them, kings of nations, into battle. It's not just they physically want to do it, but they're being persuaded. How many knows that's what the devil does? He messes with your mind, right? And many times the battle is more in your mind than it is physically. We see that that is happening, that the purpose of these frogs is to gather everybody together. Uh, and they're drawing the powers of the world to this final great battle of Armageddon. As I said a few weeks ago, I deemed the valley there where Armageddon will take place and saw it from the mountaintop and it is massive it is huge it makes your hair stand up on the on your arms when you see it and you begin to realize this is where it will all come to a close right God's judgment interesting as we see this now so all of these kings are being drawn to this one location to battle. So millions of people, not thousands, but millions of people being brought to this place. And when we begin to look at the kings that are drawn, I believe Daniel chapter 11 gives us a clue of the kings. And it mentions in Daniel chapter 11, you don't have to go there, but I'll, I'll just, you can trust me and go read it later. It talks about the kings of the south, the kings of the north, and the kings of the east. Kings of the south are considered to be Egypt and all of the Arab countries. Egypt and all of those that surround Israel. The kings of the north, considered most commentaries, most end time prophecy teachers, preachers, consider that to be, guess what? Russia. Doesn't that make the hair stand up on you? Back of your neck, right? What's going on right now with Russia and Ukraine? It may not be the end. So, and then the kings of the east. We talked about kings of the east. Kings of the east are China, Syria, Persia, Babylon. We've been talking about Babylon a whole lot, and we'll do more of that even later. Besides that, you have those Europe, what I believe will be the European countries, those 10 that we've been talking about uh, that may look something like the revised Roman Empire. Uh, you see the European Union right now. I think there are currently 10 countries in that. Uh, there was at one time, some have exited, some have come back in. So it's a setup, right? For what's about to happen. So all of these are going to be drawn back into the Battle of Armageddon. Imagine. So you're talking about the Middle East. You're talking about Europe. You're talking about the Asian countries that are in the East all come together in one spot. It's going to be a huge demonstration of God's power. And, and we know that God wins. Uh, I read a quote the other day. In the end, God wins. Now, I, I, I look at verse 15. I, 
find it very interesting, and it speaks of God's continuing mercy and grace, that right in the middle of all of this talking about the judgment of God and the finality of the judgment of God, and then right in the middle of it, it says, Behold, I come as a thief. That's a warning from God that you need to be ready because the Lord's coming, right? We talked about last week that God, we cannot exclude God's character to just love and mercy, but his holiness incorporates love and mercy as well as judgment. So there's a balancing statement here in verse 15 that shows that character or that holiness of God. And I just find that really interesting that even in the midst of tribulation, that God's grace, he's saying it again, be ready, I'm coming like a thief. In the 70s, wow. They had so many movies coming about and coming out about the Lord's coming again. Uh, you got a thief in the night was one of them. And my wife said she got saved every night for a decade while those movies were going on. You know, go to bed and pray for Lord. We don't have to do that. How many knows that we can have assurance of our salvation? So then finally the seventh angel pours out his vial and a great voice says, it is done. Anybody ever read anything like that in the Bible besides this? Crucifixion. Crucifixion. Christ on the cross. What does he say? It is finished. So there was a finish or a capstone to God's way of salvation and mercy and grace. And now we see that there is a capstone to God's judgment. It is done. God does things on time, every time. Might not be our time, but he does it on time, every time. He's a, uh, There's an old spiritual song that says he's an on-time God. I felt like God was late at times, and then I discovered that I was wrong and he was right. How many ever discovered that about the Lord, too? So all of these judgments come to the finality, and then there's this, there's this great earthquake and it divides the great city, which I believe to be Jerusalem, into three parts. And it tells us that the cities of the nations fall. And then God remembers Babylon. We said a couple of weeks ago that Babylon was not only a physical city, but also represents a spiritual thing as well. So I don't want to get too much into what we're going to talk about later on, but Babylon God remembers uh, Babylon and there's a great hailstorm that comes and the men blaspheme God. It's not just men, it's women, that's mankind. Blaspheme God and this hail, how many of you ever seen some big hail in your life, right? I mean, I've seen some like this on golf ball size before. I was out in some almost golf ball size hail uh, here on the church property. It felt like it anyway. Um, and the Lord just used that to help us get new roofs. Uh, I've seen golf ball size. Does anybody have a good commentary in your Bible? A talent. 
Everything I've looked at, most of it says about 100 pounds. If a 100-pound hail hits you or hits your house or hits your car or hits your animals, this hail that comes, the Bible says it's a talent by weight, which I think it's about 100 pounds uh, from what I've read. So you're just 50 to 60. Either way, it's huge, right? So look at chapter 17. This is all, most, most of what we've talked about so far. So chapter 17, it introduces a woman called the great whore of Babylon. And I'm not trying to be crude in saying this. This is what the Bible says, right? Uh, the great whore of Babylon. So the angel comes to John and says, let me show you how God is going to judge this great whore who sits upon many waters. If you want to skim forward to verse 15, it tells you what those many waters are, by the way. And that is one of your questions. Somebody have that? Verse 15 of chapter 17. The waters are what? Peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. Is that what your says? Okay. Lots and lots of people. All kinds of different languages, cultures, people uh, is what this sits upon. Whatever or whoever or spiritually however this figure affects the world. Okay? It's not just one place. So this great whore and her deeds and how men follow after her deeds affects pretty much mankind. And by the way, just a teaching point, when you run across, and we said this at the very beginning at the introduction to Revelation, when you run across something you don't know what it means, what did we say you could do? Keep reading. That's exactly, that's why, so when you look and you see, uh, it start, talks about this great whore who sits upon the waters and you don't know what it is. What, what does that represent? What does that mean? If you just keep reading on a few more verses down verse 15, you're going to see uh, what that uh, is all about. Who is this great whore? And I, I can tell you, you're going to see multiple things in multiple commentaries. It's one of those things where you're going to have an opinion uh, about everything, and I can talk about what I believe it to be, and I might be wrong. I've said many times we might get to heaven and all the denominations being represented there and the Lord might look at us and say, you, you all got it wrong. And I don't say that to, it's not saying that you should believe just whatever, but there are some things we just don't know. I believe that this great whore symbolizes the religious system during the tribulation. It symbolizes the development of the satanic church throughout this time frame. Let me just say that the satanic church and the occult is real and active today. So this should not blow you away. I recently have talked to an individual who was in the occult and satanism and has since come to the Lord. To us, because we're church people, we don't think about that. We don't 
go there in our minds, but it is very real. And again, the enemy likes to imitate and mimic God. So there's the satanic church and there is the real church. So the Bible mentions this great city of Babylon many times. I mean, remember Babylon and you have Nebuchadnezzar who is over Babylon. He wasn't happy with just conquering the world, but he said, I'm going to set up this great image. And what do you got to do? Bow down when you hear the music playing and worship. See, so Babylonianism from the beginnings was more than just about conquering land, but also about this religious system. In essence, Babylonianism is a religious system as well. To compare and can't contrast Babylon and the great poor of Babylon, then you have Christ and the bride of Christ. So the enemy always imitates or mimics, but what did we say? It is always about something evil or something warped. So you see that this is happening in the last days as well. So this religious system is claiming uh, to have wisdom because written on the this woman is the words mystery Babylon. That word mystery comes from the Greek mystical, which is all about, when we say mystical, we think, ooh, you know, but it's all about exalting knowledge and wisdom. How does this apply? The devil wants to trick you and to deceive you and to cause you to think incorrectly. And he's constantly always doing that. I've heard ministers say that the greatest warfare in our day is about intelligence or wisdom. Because you don't know what to believe. I'm going to say this, it's okay. During the pandemic, we have a lot of false stuff coming out. About, I'm not saying everything was. And I'm not saying that the, the, the virus wasn't real. What I'm saying is Sometimes we didn't know what to believe or who to believe. That is the way the enemy, the devil, attacks us so that we're confused and we don't know what to believe. So here in the last days, in this mystery Babylon, they won't know what to believe. They won't have been fooled. They've been deceived, right? Even in our day, how many knows that the world thinks that not all the world, but many people in the world think that the church is unlearned and they make fun of the church, church people. That's, that's an attack. We actually know more than they think we do. This woman here is the mother of harlots. Uh, spiritual harlotry is uh, what she is leading. Let me just say this, when your mind is warped, it leads to both spiritual and physical problems. You understand what I'm saying? When your mind has been warped by the enemy, it's not just spiritually that you are, will experience problems, but also physically. The enemy, when he can get you to believe something, 
that's contrary to the word of God, he'll try to do it. And then you're affected spiritually, but also physically. I mean, knows if you think you're sick, you're probably right. You're going to be sick if you keep saying I'm sick. There's just all this deception, this false religious system in the last days. And, and I believe this is a religious system rather than just a government system because of some of the things that we've talked about. The other reason why I believe this is the mystery Babylon, the woman, is a description of a religious system is because in the Bible, how many knows that it uses different types of women to describe religious problems? So, for instance, in, and I'm not picking on women, so don't, don't think I am. Israel in Isaiah 54 is described as the wife of Jehovah. In Hosea chapter 2, Israel, religious Israel, is described as an adulterous woman. In 2 Corinthians, which is a good thing, chapter 11 verse 2, the church is described as a chaste virgin. That's part of the, because it's descriptive of a woman, many times the Bible uses a woman God talks in the Bible all the time about Israel turning from him and, and playing the part of a prostitute because she's gone off to other gods and things like that. So that's also why I believe that this description of Babylon is about a religious system as well. So in the last days, the false church, this religious system is going to have a tremendous influence and this Great whore is sitting upon a scarlet beast, which is, of course, the beast. It's a part of the Antichrist system, government, that we've been talking about. I'm going to say something you may or may not agree with. But I think if you look historically, so I want to emphasize the importance of religion in the world. If you look historically, there have been many people who tried to take over the whole world. Hitler being one, Napoleon being another, you know, many examples. And I believe that those two in particular were not successful because there was no religious system tied into this warfare to take over the world. In order to be successful, I shouldn't say successful because God's going to stop this, but I believe it, it, it would require some type of religious system to go along with it. How many knows that most wars have a religious connotation, something going on religiously? But you see that historically, uh, religion plays a huge uh, role in this, uh, in wars and all of that. Well, if you look at the Crusades, the war was actually started by the church. That's very true. But it was a church that it was power hungry. I read a bumper sticker today that said, it said separation of church and state is good for the church and the state. Uh, when you look historically, Jason is correct. The church did a lot of warring and a lot of uh, taking countries uh, in the name of God. That's not how, that's not what we're called to do, right? So this religious system will incorporate all of the world's religions. They'll be all wrapped up into the antichrist, the false prophet. 
Uh, and we've, we've, we've heard talk about this. How many knows that one world religion is already a term? And it didn't start just recently. Back in 1948, there was a council of world churches and its goal was to have a mixing of all different religions. 1948, amazingly, the year that Israel becomes a nation. Uh, so it's very interesting. A marrying of various doctrines of the world religions. Things are being set in order for the ends of time, even now. So if end of time is getting set in order, tribulation time frame, how close are we to the rapture of the church? I've been teaching this a long time, but it's closer now than it was when I first started teaching it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go through the written questions I have. All right, so question number one, describe the fourth ball judgment. Somebody answer that. Sun scorched men with fire. Sun scorched people or men with fire, that's correct. Question number two, according to verse 10, describe the fifth bowl judgment. Kingdom full of darkness, extreme pain, yeah, all of that that's in there. Question number three, according to verse 12, describe the sixth bowl judgment. Euphrates is dried up. Euphrates is dried up, making way for the kings of the east. Question number four, describe the seventh bowl judgment according to verses 17 and 18. What do we see there? Noise, thunder, lightning, earthquake. Noise, thunder, lightning, earthquake. What did you say, Jane? Great earthquake, Great earthquake and it is done. So it's the finality, the wrapping up of all that with all those signs and all those things that are going on. Question five, what was the purpose of the frog-like demonic spirits? Gather them back. To gather people together, and I think an outpouring of science to convince people that this is the right thing when it's not. Question six, according to verse 21, describe the hell, the hail, H-A-I-L, uh, although it will be hell as well, that fell from heaven, verse 21. So, the weight of talent, right, is big. Anywhere from 50 to 60 pounds to 1,000 or 2,000 pounds, I guess, a ton. I don't know. Uh, this is big. Question number seven. What are the waters that the great war sits upon, according to verse 15? People, multitudes, tongues, nations, all of that. 